Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Shot Callers presented by 48 Minutes Network. I'm Kyle Brandon. Joining me, as he always does, is Ben Brown. Ben, what's up? What is going on, GLK? Just kicking it with you, watching some uh, preseason basketball right now. Yes. We have a uh, Kings episode. We're still in team preview season, almost done. So we have the Sacramento Kings. We have Richard Ivanowski joining us from Sacktown Royalty. So Richard's a good one. Yes, he is. And every time, uh, if you get a chance and an opportunity, make sure you check Richard out on Twitter. His Twitter is a must follow. He is hilarious. It's fire. It is fire. It is. Right he is it's dope. No yeah. joke. No, he's a great, he's a great one. He, uh, he'll definitely interact with you. Um, so make sure you give him and all these Sacktown royalty guys a follow. Uh, we're going to get into it, but first, our buddies, state champs. I said I'll always remember the wood crane beneath my feet in a busy street. I never said I was angry, but I think I'm still in misery. But it's what I Richard, you're actually living in Sacramento at the moment. Is that correct? That's right. I'm uh, I'm right here in Midtown, just a handful of blocks from uh, the uh, arena. Right, nice. Right on. Um, I got a couple buddies that live out in Sacramento, and they tell me that like there are parts of it that are just like fields of nothing. Um, but I'm glad yeah. to hear that you are in the hustle and bustle of everything. Absolutely. The uh, the old arena was just like completely out there, and like you know you got to walk through cow patties to get to it. But <laughs> um, yeah, the golden one is is absolutely gorgeous, and uh, yeah, I mean it's we were down there. Uh, I went down there for a concert over the summer too, and it's just it still looks brand new. It's it's a beautiful place. Nice, nice. Awesome. I I was almost I was kind of shocked when they got a new stadium because I thought. Like, if any team was going to lose their team, I thought it could have been Sacramento. Um, yeah. yeah. Not to, like, start off the, not to start off the no, problem. Right. Like, hey, <laughs> you're going to lose your basketball team. But, uh, no, I thought, you know, it, it would it would seem almost natural for them to kind of to kind of lose it. And, uh, I don't know, possibly be the, the Seattle team. But yeah. yeah, well, we're the the perennial underdogs now. You know, it's been long enough since we've been good. And, uh I kind of like that, it, but it gives us a real identity. They're building up the city really around it, renovating the whole downtown area. And um, it's pretty great because it gives the city an identity. We don't have a NFL team or an MLB team, and it, it really does feel like a basketball city. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of how we are right now. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a basketball team. Uh, ben and I are in Cincinnati or northern Kentucky, so um... – Funny enough, everyone's a UK fan, so everyone should be a Kings fan because that seems to be your whole roster right now. It looks like they yeah. they haven't played for a UK Duke or like the Serbian national team. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we've gone real Dukes uh, heavy recently, and uh, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, we got a, a strong Serbian influence. That's for sure. Yeah. I think sometimes teams get into uh, where it's. They go with programs that they know have had success. So, of course, mm-hmm. two of the more successful programs in, in uh, NCAA are 
Kentucky and Duke. So usually when you pick a, a player from there, it's usually uh, going to be a player that's been in some high-profile situations as well as a guy that's played in big games. So, I mean, usually you can't go wrong picking uh, from those two schools. Yeah, I don't um... – I don't necessarily disagree. My only concern is sometimes it's a crutch for teams that maybe don't have the best structure themselves. Mm-hmm. And they feel like, well, let me go get this guy who's really polished from Duke or Kentucky. And, and uh, kind of what I would rather see is just get the best player available, whether they're from, you know, Europe, wherever, and just plug them into our system and have confidence in the system. But hard to call it. Right. Yeah, I get that. So uh, how long have you been – with Sacktown Royalty? I'm the newest addition, so I've nice. only been there since. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I love it there. Those guys are awesome, and uh, it's a really cool site. I know um, I'm sure a lot of people that listen are familiar with SB Nation. And in yeah, case anyone, yeah. yeah, in case anyone's not familiar with Sacktown Royalty, it's the king site for SB Nation. Yeah, I. Uh... That was like one of the first SB Nation blogs that I uh, that I ever like followed and like got into. My buddy, my buddy Jordan, I'll shout out Jordan, uh, writes like articles for the fan blog site uh, for that. Um, so he used to always, and he still does. He'll send me like all of his articles on Sacktown Royalty. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I just was always checking them out. So yeah, I awesome. probably. We may have read them too because that's that's what's so cool about SB Nation is it does have that like the fan posts you can go on there anyone if you're feeling inspired write an article put it up there and if they look good um, one of us one of the guys will pick up on it and send it around and soon you'll have the whole staff reading what you wrote yeah yeah it's awesome I I like the whole SB Nation setup I think it's a an awesome way to I don't know, reach fans and for fans to also get involved so dig dig everything you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get into it. We talked um, just a second ago about uh, drafting players from high-profile schools like Duke and Kentucky. So let's start there. You guys drafted um, Bagley. You guys drafted Bagley with the um, with one of the top picks. You guys got another big man and skipped on Luka Doncic. Uh, <laughs> what were your yeah. thoughts on the pick? Um, so... I'll basically just say that pretty much all of the Sacramento fan base is upset about it. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, that I may be coming a little strong right there, but I think I that everyone I is upset are, I think, yeah. to a degree. Like I, there are people that are like just mildly upset and there are people that are losing their minds, but um, I'm more in the mild upset, but not to say that I wouldn't have rather picked Luca. I think that, especially as we saw how the free agency played out with so many bigger guys available, power forwards, like Julius Randle was a target that some had thought that we wanted to bring in Aaron Gordon, some restricted free agent guys that were available. There's that small forward. Just it's such a problem uh, in the market. There's so few good small forwards, so few good wings out there that a lot of Kings fans felt Luca could play that role. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you pair it with the market, it was confusing. And then just on its face, just looking at the two guys and what they've accomplished so far, it's hard to argue that Luca wasn't um, the consensus pick for uh, having a having a more impact having more impact right away and possibly down the line too. But I uh, I'm not 
truly upset because I do think that Marvin can be a good player. And it's going to be, it's just, I, I can't be too angry at a pick that I haven't seen either the, of the players get on the court for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Did you, uh, did you see like the team photos that they did with Luka Doncic for like Dallas? Oh, he's huge. The, mm-hmm. He's a pretty big guy. I, the media day stuff they did. Yeah, yeah. He's as tall. He's as tall as Harrison Barnes. Like every, every bit as tall as Harrison Barnes. I was thinking you meant the the ones with him and um, Dennis Smith Jr. like running drills together, smiling at no. each other, and okay. no, that sounds cute. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, what's what our our draft guy is just so upset about it because he wanted Dennis Smith Jr. ahead of Fox, and then he really wanted Doncic too. So he's like looking at these two guys. He's like, that's what could have been. Um, but yeah, he's a he's big. And he's young, you know, I mean, for to have accomplished as much as he has, at, I think he's still 19, right? Yeah. I think it's, so. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> what do you what do you think is the ceiling for uh, a guy like Bagley? So it's all about developing his right hand, I think, right now. He's he became so he he's so good with his left on the college level. He didn't really need to have a right. And when he came into the Summer League, um, the California Classic, actually, that was here at the Golden One Center, he put on a clinic the first night. It seemed like he was dunking on Mo, uh, Wag, uh, Wagner and uh, really having some success that first night against the Lakers. And then he faced Jordan Bell in the second night. And Bell, um, being a plus defender and being a smart player and being from the Warriors system, he identified it early and made him go to his right and just, you know, Marvin's game just kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, but that's the first or second game of a, of a, you know, a summer league exhibition. So there's a lot of time to work on it. As far as ceiling, if he does develop that right hand, I think that he can be uh, a hyper athletic big who can run the court and also potentially spread the floor a little bit. I know he shot 37% from the college line. And if he can get, you know, anywhere near that, if he can just be a competent shooter, I think that he can have a, a pretty high ceiling. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of confident shooters, I have uh, I have a weird love for Buddy Heald. I, I guess you could too. say. I, I, I just love his game. I, th- I think that he's a going to be one of those guys that you could rely on to be a uh, – one of those great scorers. Uh, last year, he shot 44% from the field and a shockingly 43% from the three-point line. Um, I think he could be a 22 assist guy. What do you What do you think about Buddy Hield and how he fits into that system? I don't think your Buddy Hield love is weird at all. I think that is uh, <laughs> welcome. Um, we uh, we love Buddy here in Sacramento. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's a little bit of a debate between the guys at uh, Sacktown Royalty, at least, about who our best player was last year between Buddy and Bogdan. Um, but Buddy is so much younger coming into the league straight from college and uh, still, you know, being 23, still on the on the, on the the rise. His stock's mm-hmm. still up, going up. And like you said, he could be a 22-6 and six player. That can be – I'm trying to temper my expectations a little bit. I don't think that he can go out there and just become a whole new guy, but it's possible, you know. I mean, he really does have that elite skill, which I'm not sure the Kings have any players with 
an elite skill outside of Buddy's uh, long range shot. Um, you know, for me, it comes down to what's going to be his second skill. I think to be a star in this league, you need to have more than just one thing going for you. Even guys like uh, a Reggie Miller or a Ray Allen, like you need to be such an incredible shooter for so long to be a star on just one thing. It's kind of going to be about what his second tool is. Yeah, I agree. I agree do, with that. do you think he could be like a JJ Redick kind of? You know, he could have like a career arc like that. I think that's kind of a, a safer uh, projection for him. Mm-hmm. Um, if he gets, I kind of, uh, I want him to be uh, a little bit more Clay Thompson like and try oh, to nice. work on something. Uh, try to pick. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I see it as a as a lock or anything, but as a ceiling, if he does focus on defense and improving that. Uh, just be a three and D guy. You know, right now he's got the three. You just got to work on the D. Absolutely. How how is like his on ball defense? Um, I'm not a huge fan. It's you see the tools are there and you see that he cares and the effort is there. And I don't know if it's kind of a scheme thing. That the thing about um, defense is it's so team oriented. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the scheme is letting letting him down or the other players around him kind of let him down at times, but. I'd certainly – he's nowhere near a lockdown defender yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do, what do you guys see when you look at him? Well, I see um, – I think that he is, is close to being there. He's certainly athletic enough to be that. But um, I, I think that was one of his weaknesses last year is that he uh, he failed a lot of times to uh, stay in front of guys when it was necessary. But – um, I do think it's it's something that he can work on. I do think it's something that he can uh, improve on, um, and I think that if he's if he gets that, um, I, I think his ceiling is really high. Uh, Clay Thompson is not far off from me. Uh, if you look at Heald and what he's done in, in his um, his shooting ability uh, and being able to uh, create a shot as well as uh, be effective uh, with the shots that he gets. Yeah. So. No, I, 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 I agree yeah. with that. Agreed. So, uh, you guys made a couple additions this off season. Um, <laughs> me and Ben must have said his name a hundred times before we started this podcast, and we just—I felt like we botched every single one of them. Yeah. Um, all the names in general. We just kind of go over the roster and like talk about the names and like, all right, let's say all these names out loud. Mm-hmm. And I know who you're going, you're going with for. the Kings. It's tough. Uh, right. <laughs> so here I go. Be Elisa. Is it a soft C? I thought I the way that I've heard it is Bielitsa, like uh, Bielitsa. almost uh, with like, like a pizza. man. You're the second yeah. I'm going with Bielitsa. Bielitsa. Yeah. He says it's Bielitsa. I, we're going with Bielitsa. Nemanja Bielitsa. I I'm pretty sure that's right. I, there we go. Yeah. Nemanja be a pizza. Nemanja. <laughs> <laughs> it's got All like right. a Mike Piazza Piazza thing going on. <laughs> I respect it. Absolutely. So you guys stole him from the Sixers. I, I say stole because he kind of like agreed to a contract with them, never signed it. Um, he was like, nah, I'm going to head back to Europe, and then decided, nah, I'm going to head over to Sacramento. Uh, and this goes to like the whole Serbian background with uh, Vladi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he signed a three-year, I believe $20 million deal. I don't believe that last year is guaranteed. Um so yeah, he should provide some good bench. Uh, what are you ex- What are you like most excited about with having him on the team? So it's pretty exciting that he can theoretically play small forward because you know the problem with the Kings roster right now is 
we just don't really have a small forward. And <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like the, there's this concept of positionless basketball, but they may have taken it a step too far. <laughs> 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 just I don't all, know if you guys all bigs, all bigs yeah. on the roster. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys. Are, if you uh, ain't six ten, you ain't on. You can't play for Sacramento if you ain't six ten. Yeah, well, that's the. I was just gonna say. I I saw some tweet a while back about the. It said it was a flow chart for the Suns on how to get on the Suns, and it just says be between six six and six ten, and you're hired. <laughs> Here's your contract. We're the opposite. Like yeah. you can't. You're not allowed on this team if you're between. If you're taller than six five, but shorter than six ten, um, <laughs> but Bielitsa is six ten, I believe, or he's listed at that. But he has yeah. the wing skills. He played um, quite a bit of uh, small forward uh, for the Wolves when they were going through some injury stuff. And I think I was actually talked about it on the last pod briefly, or at least I heard his name come up. Um, and you know, I do think that he's, he's got a lot of skill. I, I am impressed by him. I wish he was a little bit younger. He came, you know, he came into the league later on his, uh, career. Uh, and so I don't see like a tremendous amount of upside, but as you mentioned, that third year is non-guaranteed or yeah. guaranteed for a very small amount. He's what? 30? Um, is he 30? I, I believe he just turned 30. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, last year was his year 29 season and he he showed a lot of a lot of skill from the outside a lot of the skills that you'd want to see from a small forward but kind of in the body of a of a big yeah which um i'm certainly not going to complain about because the kings also haven't really had a stretch for like i'm you know like i just mentioned with this this uh small forward slash forward combo forward problem we just haven't really had a guy that can do those things um, some of us were hoping Scal Lebissier would come along and do that, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, I think that being Serbian, having that, having that connection with, uh, with Blade and, uh, having a little more experience in just in general in life, being a little bit older and being, uh, a guy that Jaeger, coach Jaeger might have some trust in. I think that they'd be happy to slide him in early into the lineups and maybe come off the bench super early, but. I think he's a guy who's going to actually see a lot, a lot of playing time. Really, uh, like I do over twenty-five minutes a game. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. I was going to yeah. say because um, I, I think like twenty-two minutes a game would probably be like where I would peg him. I think or, a twenty-something, yeah, like right around twenty minutes a game kind of guy. Okay. And you also got to um, understand that from the Kings' perspective, no one, no one averaged more than twenty-eight minutes last year at all. Oh wow! Huh. Yeah. Our rotations are really, uh, I'll just say they're, they're evolving. Um, we're trying a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, and this, again, to reference back to the Timberwolves pod, you know, we're the opposite of that. We don't run our guys 40 minutes a night. We run them like 25. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, so to get 20 minutes, that makes you, you know, a, a top seven guy on this, on this club, um, mm-hmm. to get 20 minutes consistently. Right. So, I would like to talk about some Kentucky players. And yeah. you guys have a ton of them. So, uh, I guess you just tell me which one you are most interested in, which one you care about, which one you don't care about. Um, kind of wherever you want to take this. Um, you guys I got, have, I got one. You have Scal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you Scal, have Darren Fox. Colin uh, Stein. Colin Stein. 
Um, and then you guys got Winion Gabriel, right? Did you get Winion Gabriel? Did. That's he's right. Two, he's on a two-way, two-way, two-way contract. Yeah, he's on a two-way um, contract. Is that it? Do you have any more? Frank? Oh, no, Kansas. No. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you got uh, yeah, so four. You got four of them, um, and they're all big men. I, uh, except Fox. Fox, not Fox. Yeah, Scout. I've never seen anything out of Scout I liked, like ever. Why? It's hard to see him when he's getting kind of uh, minimized, and when he, he got sent down to the, the G League last year. But yeah, I mean, he has. It's again, and so much of this team is. This is what. The, the thesis of the team is is that they have the, the tools you know <laughs> right. um i know i i feel terrible uh because i'm i really feel like i'm being harsh on this team but they kind of you know they've kind of earned it at this point scal is a tremendously skilled player he was highly recruited out of high school and he was mm-hmm. on a lot of draft boards really high up and there's some uh you know he slipped down the board a little bit and we just haven't really given him the proper run you know, seeing guys like Zach Randolph out there starting so many games and um, your Costa Kufoses and all types, mm-hmm. of, I mean, Papa G's, you know, like all these guys getting minutes ahead of uh, a scowl for all these for these last couple of years. And it's been it has been a little bit hard to watch, but there's flashes of it. I think that he's the kind of guy who in my heart, I feel like he's going to be really good when the Kings wave him and someone else picks him up like uh <laughs> i think like he's gonna go to the Ma- like my fear is, is like he's just gonna go to the mavericks one day and carlisle's gonna turn him into a stretch five and he's gonna be great i hope so i hope he does something i just i just didn't see a lot that i watched um my wife is like a diehard uh kentucky fan mm-hmm. and she act she actually has a tattoo of willie collie stein's face on her leg um, Wait, what? <laughs> this, this is the real thing. And we're, here we Willa go. Willie Collie right? So of all, like of all people, Willie Collie Stein. Um, huh. When she got it, it was like it, like Sports Illustrated like posted an article about it and stuff like that. Um, That's awesome. No, granted, like, like we're, both, we're both like covered in tattoos, so it doesn't like stick out like it's weird or anything. Okay. Um, it's a good look. It's a good looking tattoo. But yeah, her favorite player of all time is Willie, for whatever. Her favorite reason. player of all time is Willie Collinstein. There you go. I mean, so I, I mean, you know, okay. not Derek Anderson. You know, Jamal not Mashburn. Jamal Mashburn. Nope. I have an appointment next week to get a Jalen Rose tattoo. <laughs> you didn't tell us you Yeah, I, have, I, I don't, and I'm a Michigan State fan. I don't even like Michigan. I just like Jalen Rose. I tweeted at him and I said, if I get a Jalen Rose tattoo, can I interview you? And he said, yes. So next we can get a Jalen Rose tattoo. That's pretty cool. I definitely uh, <laughs> said I committed that if Clint Capella signed with Sacramento, I would get his tattoo in, in an unspeakable uh, location. Dude, that's how sure I was that Clint Capella wasn't coming to Sacramento, though. They That would have been awesome. Like, the fact that he didn't sign with the Suns or the Kings or something, like, like signing... The the pair of like getting Luca and then signing like you said Julius Randle or like Clint Capella, it seems like the best use of like you know your money for free agency and your draft picks. Mm-hmm. How did they botch it? Like how? I don't know, like would Clint Capella I mean, want to come there for more money? You're wondering the like the feeling that you're 
feeling right now is the feeling that all kings have felt for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, it's it is like a how do they botch it situation. I mean, you can see that the the market for big men was so so awful for you know from the from the player side. Uh, it's just overinflated with with big guys that are skilled and um, I mean we saw what Julius Randle signed for. Uh, Clint Capella, I mean, yeah, if he was not a max guy, I don't really understand why. And the Rockets really got one over on him, I think, because of the market. And, um, you know, with on the reverse of that, wings, the wing market, as I mentioned earlier, is just so scarce. It does seem like this is one that I, I just don't, I don't get where they were coming from. Because if they felt that Luca and Marvin were really close you take the guy who's the, with the positional scarcity that that breaks the tie. Right. But you know, your guess is as good as mine, quite honestly, as to, as to how they lost <laughs> it. I, I, I wish I, I, and my real fear is that they don't know how either. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You guys put in an offer though, this, mm-hmm. this summer, uh, for Zach Levine and you did. Oh. Yeah. And, right. and Tim is wearing a, I Tim, say, producer but, Tim is an avid Chicago Bulls. He fan. has a doubles shirt on right now. And he is, I don't know. You, you can tell he's upset just in general, <laughs> um, just a general aura of being upset. Uh, were you happy or what were your thoughts when you didn't sign him? Cause like, um, it's it, like you didn't get talent on your, you didn't add talent on your team, which right. does kind of suck. Cause you do need to add talent. Uh, yeah, you're you're hitting on it right there, which is like that. I think that that contract is not a good contract from any other franchise's perspective. Like, I'm not really sure the Bulls should have matched that. I don't think they should have matched that. And mm-hmm. certainly yeah. a team, yeah, a team that would be anywhere near competing, you know, would stay miles away from that contract. But for some reason with the Kings, it doesn't feel like it would have been as disastrous because we just have so much cap space and I'm not just speaking about this year, but I think we have a projected 59 million in cap space right now, right now, next season. And so we're looking at that, like how, you know, how are we even going to fill that? Like we, we might get, we might sign some truly, truly awful players uh, into that money. And that's the panic is like, well, this is a bad contract, but, Zach Levine is young and he can shoot and he is quick. Like he has the, some of the skills that we are hoping that they're out there looking for. Right. The contract's not what we wanted and the injury history is not what we wanted, but at least they were, like you said, they would have been adding talent onto a talent deficient roster. So, um, you know, in the end, I think that I have to just uh, look at it from a fair perspective, from a league perspective and say, that's a bad contract. I'm glad they didn't end up with it on the books. Uh, but I wouldn't have been too upset either. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, Levine is, is an athlete and, and, uh, and a, and a, I guess, decent player for, like you said, a, a starved roster for talent. Do you think he could have played the three right there? I think I... they would have moved uh bogey up to the three. Okay. Um, which I think they should, they need to do regardless. So then you uh, think Buddy Heald would have came off the bench? So I think that that's kind of a, that's an interesting question. I think that uh, Zach would have been interesting off the bench. But again, when you're paying a guy that much, yeah, when you're paying a guy that yeah. much, uh, it's hard to do. Yeah, that, yeah. Ooh-wee. 
That'd give uh, an interesting I, backcourt. Right, I would. So, yeah. you know, and looking at your backcourt, um, I uh, I love the young um, Bogdan Bogdanovich and De'Aaron Fox. I love that combination. Um, I did see that Bogdanovich had uh, – did he have a scope today or a certain knee surgery? Or? So the way that the Kings put it was a minor uh, uh, procedure, minor procedure for a minor injury. Um, I really hope that th- that's the case. Um, I yeah, haven't I seen, like those two. Yeah. I haven't seen any timeline release on that. Um, so hopefully it is something minor. But, you know, that's the other way to think of it. Um, I would like to see uh, them give Bogey a try off the bench as kind of a, a super sub because he can do a little bit of everything. He can he can distribute. He can handle the ball. He can come in for, for Fox if he needs to. He can come in at the three if he needs to. So, Kind of having the versatility might be best off the bench because most of all, what I want to do is I have that buddy love too, and I just want to see him get the minutes he deserves. I want to see him start 82 well, yeah. games. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And um, the, to move Bogey to the, the three or, or leave him at two or whatever they're going to do, I just – I like them together. Um, I'd like to see uh, an improvement in De'Aaron Fox. I mean, what do you think uh, – what do you think he is as far as uh, the Sacramento fit? Because last year, I mean, he averaged 12 points and four and a half assists. Um, but I, I think he's so athletic and talented. I think there's a lot more that he could do um, as, as one of the few bright spots there in that Sacramento roster. Yeah, he's our guy. You know, I mean, as much as we can love, uh, love Buddy, the leadership, the leader of the team is going to be Fox and he's going to be the catalyst that pushes us forward. You know, he's, it's all about him right now and meeting his tempo. This team needs to be running. This team needs to be playing an up-tempo style of ball, having so many young guys and especially Fox. I mean, he's just so fast. I mean, we saw it at Kentucky and we'll see, we see, we saw it last year. If we didn't see a lot of good stuff, that's one thing we definitely did see is that he can push it. Um, so that's going to be the, the key, uh, to this season really is Fox's play. And I think he's going to be improved almost by default because he did, he did not have a good, uh, rookie year. You know, he just, he just didn't have a good rookie year. Um, I think that he can really lead this team in aggression. Um, one thing that's really been a struggle for the Kings is getting to the line. They don't get to the line at all. There's been some... There have been a, a few games that I've seen where I'm watching the second half and I'm like, have they even taken one free throw in this half? Right. I, I'm not even sure that they have. Um, unfortunately, Buddy doesn't really help there either. None of these guys want to want to get in the lane. Um, but Fox does. He's the, the littlest dude. And Frank Mason, too. Like The littlest guys on our team are the most aggressive. And, and hopefully with it being in their hands this year, they're going to set the tempo and the, the bigger guys can sort of feed off of that. Right. Why do you think that is that they're so passive? Because they're, they don't shoot a lot of threes, right? They, they shoot a really high percentage of threes, but they don't shoot a lot of them. Am I correct there? You're absolutely correct. It's, so um, yeah, <laughs> it's the, uh, Dave, your deep two offense that is <laughs> so intrinsically <laughs> flawed that it yeah. breaks my brain when I think about it. Yeah, because like, you'd think that if you're not making it to the lane, okay, you're probably just jacking up a bunch of threes. Mm-hmm. Well, no. But I think they're like lowest in the league at three-point attempts. 
but they're like yeah. one of the highest in like three point percentage. They, I believe they were dead last in attempts, but second best in percentage. Dude. Yeah. What? They're just, they're good at shooting threes, but instead they decided to just shoot long twos. It's, it's horrible. Is that a coaching thing? Is that a scheme <laughs> thing? Like, how do you fix that? I absolutely think that it's a coaching thing. I think okay. that it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's Dave Yeager's style is he just wants to get Zach Randolph open for a 18 foot two point shot. And, uh, I, <laughs> I, I think that's not going very well. And also the pace. I mean, they're, they were, I believe 28th in the league in pace and you got mm-hmm. Darren Fox was your first pick in the draft and he's your point guard. He's your starting yeah. point guard. So, you know, what's really going on? Um, it is, I think that it is coaching. Um, although I do think that he's got a chance, Dave Yeager has a chance to turn it around because this team has just gone through so many head coaches that I, you know, I believe he has a kind of a protection contextually, not based on his performance, but they don't want to just fire and bring another guy in and see their 11th coach since 2006. Well, that was going to be my next question because, you know, he's in year three or four, um, and there hasn't been a vast improvement, um, even though you've had some decent draft picks. Uh, I mean, decent draft spots. I won't say picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's in year three or four. You're coming off a 27-win uh, 20, season. Um, I mean, I know, they, I know they burn through coaches a lot, but, I mean, there's only so much. Uh, you know, if you're committing your team to winning – there's only so many things and so many times you can go through that and it not be the coach. I mean, so I, w- I would be surprised if, if they win another 20 some odd games, if he would be around. I mean, what's your, what's your feeling on that? So um, I don't want to shout myself out too much, but we just, I just, the last piece I wrote was about Dave Yeager's uh, job security. And I went into it thinking like what you're thinking which is that this guy is just, he's got to go. He's, I mean, if not now, then his coach, his seat's got to be incredibly hot. Right. And you got to think that the first even 20, 10, 15 games could be it if, it if it gets off to a slow start. But just looking back at the history of this team of the last 10 years um, or 15 years, 12 years, they have had 10 coaches since 2006. Right. That's not good. And when yeah. I look at guys like De'Aaron, I want him to have stability. So from my perspective, I want these young guys, this this young nucleus of guys, to have a little bit of consistency. Even if that the coach that's given it to them isn't an elite guy, you know, I don't think that just the next guy uh, – it depends, I guess, on who's available. If uh, a Stotts were to be fired or um, someone that I, that I feel like could improve the team. But for now, I really feel like – unless there's a huge improvement out there, that consistency is probably what this team is going to need for at least another year. Okay. All right. So, uh, I just went to sacktownroyalty.com, uh, as I'm sure everyone listening to this pod is about to do. So I went to it because you just, uh, plugged it. And the first article I see is the Kings have entered the Jimmy Butler trade discussions. (laughs) So here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Are you guys yeah. going to get Jimmy Butler? Give us a scoop. I know you know. Are the Kings going to pull oh. the deal I know I, of could, the year? I know I could read the article, Yeah, but we have you. Well, all right. So 
let me just real quick on a on a last thought there. Uh, as far as Jaeger, I Jaeger, I, I feel like I sounded insane there. So I just want to qualify it with the fact that he's been saying uh, all summer that it's time to take the training wheels off, let the kids loose, and run. So it's contingent on him improving the pace, letting them shoot. If he does those things, you know, then you know, then he can stick around. But it's kind of in his own hands. Now, on to Jimmy Butler. We, uh, I mean, from my perspective, we're absolutely not getting Jimmy Butler. And if we did, that would be an incredible mistake. Because the salary dump then? Right. I mean, it, what's the chances of him re-signing in Sacramento? Correct. Zero. Right? Zero, Less yeah. Than zero, I yeah, less, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I would imagine that to get him, we would need to give up a Buddy or a Fox plus a Bogdanovich, plus a future first or some, you know, some two of those pieces at least. So we're throwing away our young core, you know, it, it may not be great yet. They may not be great, but they actually have the potential to be very good, I believe. So to throw that away for a guy who's 29 right now and has had some injury issues, probably won't play 80 games, definitely won't resign in my opinion, that would be disastrous. So maybe you don't get Jimmy Butler from the Wolves, but, and you might know where I'm going with this, it seems like all Kings fans talk about, for whatever goddamn reason, <laughs> is Andrew Wiggins. Oh. And I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like it's all I hear about from Kings fans. That's it. And, like, I feel like nobody on the face of this earth likes Andrew Wiggins except for Sacramento Kings fans. Can you explain this phenomenon to me? <laughs> Um, I mean, if that's the qualifications to be a Sacramento Kings fan, then I, I, I don't know. I am. I hear it all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the thing is, I mean, we're so desperate here for anyone, anyone <laughs> with any skill. And then the thing, the, again, kind of talking about Zach Levine, man, I'm really making it sound like a terrible franchise. But <laughs> <laughs> the well, thing was Zach Kind of like the uh, Zach Levine thing where it doesn't feel like as big of an issue for us to take on a $20 million contract for a guy who's not necessarily going to be returning that value. If there's any team in the league that could handle Andrew Wiggins's max deal without it taking too much of an opportunity cost, it would be the mm -hmm. Kings. However, I've been on Twitter just – fighting tooth and nail anyone that I ever see mention his name because I do think it would ruin our franchise. Well, I He's, respect that. Yeah. <laughs> You're fighting the good fight. The problem is that, uh, I mean, he's a small forward in theory, and so that's why everyone wants him. We, yeah. we don't have any of those. I was going to say, yeah, you guys don't don't believe in small forwards. So. Right. <laughs> So then how, how are you going to add talent to this team? Because I believe if you don't get the first overall pick, the Celtics get your pick. Is that correct? Um, it's a, yeah, the combination. I think the first goes to – if it's number one, it's Boston, and then the rest it's Philly. Oh, if it's number one, it's Boston, and the rest it's Philly. That, that's awesome. That's awesome for the East. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> rich get richer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I was saying, you know, when it comes down to the plan going forward for the Kings, 
I think that it's got to be about internal developments. We have a lot of these young guys. We don't have our pick in 2019, but we have a lot of young guys that are expected to make steps forward. I think it's a lock that Darren Fox is going to be a better player this year than he was last year. Maybe a little bit by default, but I just have belief in the guy as well. You had mentioned how you guys like Buddy. Mm -hmm. So do I. He's still young. Bogdan, even though he's 26, he is, uh, you know, going into his second year, he's probably picked up a few things as well. He's going to get smarter, know the game better. But going back to um, my 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 earlier days growing up as a Warriors fan, I got to watch the Warriors really turn it around from a awful, awful franchise. I mean, that, that team was absolutely garbage. I think the first jersey I ever owned was a Mookie Blaylock in the navy and orange. Yeah. Lightning bolt guy. That was a terrible <laughs> franchise. And look where they are now. So, you know, it kind of comes down to, I think, building excitement and building up this young core. These guys are there. I mean, you can see the template there. We have a couple young guards. We have a lot of young bigs. And what happened for the Warriors is they became a fun team before they became the good team. Right. So if, yeah, so if Jaeger can turn that corner and, and flip the switch and let the guys run, let the kids run, let them do their thing, if they can just be interesting, that's going to be a huge win for Sacramento. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I like your young, talented uh, players. I mean, you've got – I like – uh, Boganovich. I mean, you still got Frank Mason, Justin Jackson, Buddy Heel. We already talked about. Um, you know, you still got Giles. You still got Bagley. You still got Kali Stein. I mean, this is a young core that I mean, if they turn the corner and let them run and be fun and have a good time, I mean, they they have all the uh, capability of being a a, a good team and, and turning things around. There, I kind of like their core. Yeah, I do too, you know, and I, I think that if they can get to the place, just as a core, these guys can get to a place where they're perceived as one player away, one piece away from making the eighth seed, that's going to be enough to get the get the, the tide turned where someone's going to want to look at us in, in free agency and say, hey, I want to go play in Sacramento. I want to have Darren Fox and Buddy Heald and Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley on the court with me at the same time. It's not that hard to imagine. At least, at least I hope not. I mean, it look. I mean, truth be told, it worked for the Lakers. I mean, yeah. I mean LeBron. LeBron. I mean, he was coming to LA because I think he likes the, you know, the aspect of having the movies and business and stuff there. But truth be told, I mean, he looked at the young court. He looked at Lonzo Ball and Ingram and Kuzma. I mean, it's not like they don't that the Lakers didn't have talent. They just needed that one guy to buy in. And they got the best player in the world. Yeah, I we just have the we have the added uh, struggle of Sacramento being a small market, but right. you're absolutely right as far as uh, these players go. I think that uh, Memphis might be kind of kind of a a good template as far as getting Mike Conley and mm -hmm. uh, the so just get if you get your two guys locked in, they can be you can be interesting. You know, you can be interesting enough that people are going to look at you and, and want to come play for you. You don't, We don't need to become the Warriors overnight, but if we can follow in their footsteps even 50%, it's going to be a victory for Sacramento. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, like we do, uh, we're, we're starting to wrap this thing up here. 
But like we do at the end of every one of our Shot Callers podcast, we like to get bold predictions and over-under win totals. So I look at Vegas, of course, for our odds and the over-under. Vegas has it at 25 and a half. Um, what, what do you see wins-wise for this uh, Sacramento Kings team? Uh, and also your bold prediction uh, of what you think that they can accomplish. So I think that they will be a better team, but that they'll win less games. It's kind of a weird uh, thing to say, but their their Pythagorean wins were only 23. They had a really bad net rating, and they kind of got lucky. Darren Fox actually was so clutch. I, I don't know if you've seen some of those games, like the tip-in against Miami, the tip-in dunk against Miami. Yeah. I remember but we kind of, yeah, I mean, if we're not as clutch as we were last year, then we're kind of a 23-year, 23-win uh, type of team. So I think we get up to about 25, 26, 27. Those lines are always so spot on. But I'm going to take about a 26, 27-win team. I'll give my final as 27. But okay. so that is going to seem like uh, a constant from last year. But in my mind, it's actually improving by just getting less lucky. Yeah. And the, I think that the West in general is stronger. I think that the yeah. NBA in general has has very, very few weak teams. Unfortunately, I think that the Kings are one of them, but I think that there's just not really many easy wins at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that staying at the same amount of wins um, and maybe shooting more threes or shooting more free throws shooting less far twos. I think you can win 27 games and like you said actually play better in those 27 wins. So I do I do agree and I do understand what she's what you're saying there. Yeah, what's the what's the perception from guys like you and guys around the league? Um, I'm kind of locked in with the the Sacramento yeah. team here. I'm just wondering is it does it feel does that feel like right to you the 25 and a half? What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I would, um, so just speaking totally honest, uh, I would put the Kings as probably the bottom, just off the top of my head, bottom two or three teams in the league. Um, That's fair. Yeah, so, you know, mid-20s is is kind of where I'd look at it. Um, you know, I think we're past the days, though, of like the bottom of the, of the league only winning a couple games, you know what I mean? Like. Like back in the day, teams would win like eighteen games and stuff like that. Like that, it doesn't seem like it's happening anymore, which is which is good. Um, but yeah, I think I think I would go twenty five. I think I'd probably go just slightly under there, because um, like I said, I think the West is going to be really good. Um, and I, while I think that they're going to have a lot of improvement with those players, like Harry Giles, and like I think De'Aaron Fox will improve. Um, I think that one of those players would need to be like the league's most improved player for them to really have a chance to like be successful. Right. And I think on top of that too, I mean, it, it, it's the West. I mean, right. It's, yeah, it's the just, West has done nothing but improve. Yeah. Um, so it'll make it a, it a little bit more difficult. Even though I do think I, I agree with you a hundred percent on the fact that they may win less games, but be a better team overall. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, so for my bold prediction, mm-hmm. it's got to be about – I wish I could make it about one of the 
Kentucky guys, but it's got to be about uh, Harry Giles. Uh-huh. I am really, really, really high on Harry. And I think that my bold prediction is he's going to be the best player on this team by the end of the year. Whoa. Wow. Love man. it. I like that. Stepping out there, man. I like that. Love it. It's a little bit bold, but it's it's there. You know, you can just you can see the potential. And to be honest, it's not like he has, you know, a superstar to dethrone for that title. So it's <laughs> it may you know right. maybe Buddy is gonna you know if Buddy takes a step forward, a big step forward, it might be a little hard to do. But I just see it. His game is just so fluid, and he has all the peripheral skills. He's got a lot of extra skills, and if he can just get the fundamentals down, I think he's going to be a, a really strong player really quick. Do you think he has a chance to win like a the league's like most improved player award or anything, something like that? So he'll still be a rookie, technically. Ah, um, the old Ben Simmons rule. It yeah. is a ben, We have our own Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell style debate between Bagley and Giles right now. Okay. Uh, because they're both, I mean, I think they're both going to be pretty good. And we know that Marvin can put up numbers. So it's kind of going to be a toss-up as to which of these guys is going to be the better rookie. But, you know, I've seen it thrown out there that Harry Giles could be a rookie of the year candidate. And I am not going to fight that at all. I would love to see Kings fans fight with each other online <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a Twitter Just, duel on yeah. who should be rookie of the year. They're, they're big man or they're big man. Or they're big man. <laughs> oh. I love that. They're the 6'10 guy or the 6'11 guy? Yeah. No, this this tall Duke guy should be the rookie of the year. No, this tall Duke guy should be rookie of the year. Yeah, that's exactly it. We got we have a type. And, uh, yeah, it's really becoming evident. But, I mean, hey, you can have two You can have two big good big men. I mean, ideally. And uh, if Willie Colley Stein would ever show up, uh, you know, that would be great too. I wouldn't mind having three. I feel you. I do. I, I do see Willie Colley Stein very often, but yes, he needs to show up. I agree. Yeah. He lives in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, my man, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up, but I'd like to give you a chance to uh, plug yourself, uh, just kind of where our listeners can find you and follow you and chat with you and uh, tweet at you and send you their rookie of the year predictions and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Ivanowski NBA. That's I-V-A-N-O-W-S-K-I NBA. I know that's kind of a, a handful, but it's easier to find me on SacktownRoyalty.com. Uh, that's the SB Nation site that I write for. And uh, go check those guys out in general. It's just a really great site. I think that uh, that whole community is fun, and, and like you guys had mentioned, this the fan post community is really great too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love being there, and thank you guys so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, you appreciate it. You thoroughly exceeded my expectations for a Kings podcast, so we appreciate your time, man, and uh, we'll be chatting with you soon. Hey, I appreciate that. All right, take care. Man.